Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio episode 54. And we're here to tell you today about NXT SmackDown. My name is Matt Sin. I'm here with the BWC, that is my beautiful wife Carol, and my good friend Chris Cumbie. And I haven't done a show with Chris in quite some time, so I'm very excited. What's going on, everybody? We get to do a show together finally. It's it's been it's been weeks. It's time. It, it has been. It's been a while. So you brought in yeah. your resident NXT expert for this show. That is exactly why you're here. <laughs> because half the, the I, like, I know about the guys, but I don't follow them religiously like you do. So uh, I think uh, we'll probably have a little bit of differing of opinion, which is exciting because we often agree. So it's really going to be cool. It shall be fun. And then Carol's mm-hmm. here to keep it to keep us uh, calm, I think. Yeah, exactly. Because right. we're absolutely going to rant. So, uh, <laughs> but before we get started on SmackDown, oh, does that mean I'm not allowed to rant? You are absolutely allowed to rant. Absolutely, Someone, absolutely, absolutely. Chris, just so you know, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to leave this in the show. I'm not going to edit it out. Now, in real life, when I say absolutely, it like I cringe because you pick <laughs> on me so much about it. I'm like, oh, absolutely, absolutely, oh, like in my brain. So I'm just going to have to own. I'm going to have to create a T-shirt or something that says absolutely with a little uh, Wrestle Life Radio wrestling logo on it. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> but before we get started, today is November 2nd, 2019. Chris Cumbie, the Russell Life Heel, is here to tell you about this day in wrestling history. This day in wrestling history! The megaphone! The it's megaphone great. is back! <laughs> <laughs> All right, this day in wrestling history, November the 2nd, and this is uh, 29 years ago today, so 29 years, the WWF presented Survivor Series from Hartford, Connecticut, and this is, the event is famous for the television debut of The Undertaker. Oh my gosh, that's right. Not only was it his debut... But it was also the debut of Gobbledygooker. What? The Gobbledygooker. That was the same pay-per-view? The same pay-per-view. Wow. (laughs) That's like their best gimmick and their worst gimmick ever. Exactly. That's crazy. I didn't know that was the same one. Yeah. And what's awesome is if if you uh, see all these matches, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's way too many. But basically, like, every match was a Survivor Series match. Oh, really? So you had, like, all these teams versus other teams. And then at the end, the winners, all the faces that won, would would wrestle all the heels that won in one big grand finale Survival Series match. Wow, that's awesome. It was pretty cool. I was kind of like, how long was this show? Really freaking long, I would yeah. say. <laughs> But the grand finale match ended up being, uh, it was Team Warrior, and it was the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, and Tito Santana. And they defeated Team DiBiase, which was Ted DiBiase, Warlord, Paul Roma, Rick Martel, and Hercules. It was 3v5? Yeah, because those were the only the faces survivors. that... Survivors. Oh. Yeah, those were the only survivors. So okay. it's, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty, so this is on the network, so you can go check it out. Um, I imagine they had to just go through this matches super fast. <laughs> Man, I, I really want to see that now. That's really cool. Huh? Yeah. So that's, that's this day in wrestling history. Yeah, that's good. So before, before we actually get into SmackDown, we're going to talk very briefly about Crown Jewel. And the reason it's brief is because none of us watched it. Not one thing. A lot of things did happen, and it absolutely, absolutely, cringe, impacted what happened on SmackDown. So I do think we need to talk about it a little bit. So just to give you guys a quick rundown of what happened, Team Hogan won, Roman Reigns spent, uh, speared Randy Orton. Uh, Tyson Fury beat Braun Strowman by a punch to the face. He fell out of the ring. He got counted out by 10. And uh, Tyson Fury won by count out. But then Braun Strowman got back in the ring, did his finisher, started walking away, and Tyson Fury stood right back up. So, good yeah. job, Tyson Fury. Uh, Brock no Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, Brock Lesnar. Actually, I should, I should probably talk about it in a minute before I growl you up. Uh, and The Fiend won the Universal Championship match or the, in like 20, 
five minutes. The match was fine. To me, it was a little bit of too little, too late, kind of making up for what should have happened at Hell in a Cell. It was different, so that's nice. But this this whole this whole pay-per-view, other than the Fiend winning the Universal title, was just a, a massive pile of garbage, which included the first match. And Chris, I'm going to let you talk about it a little bit, so go right ahead. Which match? The Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez. That opened the show. Oh, from SmackDown? No, no, no. So- Crown Jewel. Well, well, they showed the entire freaking match on SmackDown, which, by the way, was 90 seconds. Correct. Okay. Let me just, oh my, okay. (laughs) This is really why I'm on the show. So, number one, everyone and their mother kind of expected Brock to win because they're not going to give his title away that fast to someone who's never fought in the WWE before. But to... Have the garbage that that we saw was a new low for the WWE. That was one of the worst matches I have ever seen. They just danced around a little bit. Brock got Kane into the corner and didn't let him out, and the ref didn't make him get get out of the the corner. Did you notice that, Matt? I did. Okay, so I guess the rules don't apply to Big Bad Brock. And so uh, Brock ends up on his back. Kane goes to get on top of him, and then he puts him in... What, what's the arm bar move? Kimura he lock. put him in. Okay, put him in the Kimura lock. He taps out. It, that was the length of the match, was me just describing it. They showed the whole thing on SmackDown. It was epic, epic, epic garbage. Epic garbage. You just built up this match like it was going to be this amazing confrontation against these two UFC fighters who they've it's been like nine years since this uh, this fight and that's the garbage you give us. Are you kidding me? They keep protecting Brock Lesnar like he's a freaking China doll. I'm this is so stupid. Any pay per view he's on, I, I almost don't want to watch it. As a form of protest to say anything with Brock Lesnar, I will not watch going forward. It was stupid, it was ignorant, and I can't stand him. There we go. Well, to be fair, he's a big draw. So whether For or not- who? People, people like him. For what? I, why did they like him? For what he know, did. You. What he did ten years ago. It's not for what he does now because he's a piece of garbage. He just stands there and he looks like a Neanderthal while his spokesman comes out and speaks for him, and oh, he gets paid true. millions of dollars, millions to stand there like an idiot. That is about true. Yeah, they they literally showed the whole match on SmackDown. It was it was really interesting, honey. What did you? I know you didn't watch Crown Jewel, but. You saw the whole match because we watched SmackDown together. What, what did any of this surprise you? I just agree with Chris. I don't. I don't like the that they even bothered with this big. Let's have two fighters who aren't wrestlers and let's make them the main, the big thing. And I didn't like that in the beginning, but then they made it a total waste of time. Uh, well, a waste of ninety seconds. Yeah. So it's just why it's just. It's like what they did with the fiends. They do all this building up and then they ruined it. And now they're trying to fix it. So they did all this building up of something that a lot of people don't care about. And then nothing happened. Yeah. The the only thing that I really liked about this, and I, let me say this first. They basically had an MMA match in a wrestling ring, which was dumb because we've already seen an MMA match from them that was actually real. It's, it, was, it was a little weird. But the thing I did like is at the end, after the match was over, Rey Mysterio came in and beat up Brock Lesnar with a chair. So you have these two giant MMA names. And Rey Mysterio, the actual wrestler, was the one standing tall at the end. It's a little weird because he had his arm in a sling. Then he took it out to swing the chair. So a little unbelievable. And But like, one of the, I think it was Corey Graves, was like, uh, he's on adrenaline or something like that. So it was, it, it was weird, but whatever. I like Rey Mysterio, and they're putting him over. And we're probably going to see Mysterio versus Lesnar in the future. So... As long as Lesnar doesn't beat him in two minutes, I'm I'm all for it. Well, well, here that's not going to happen. Number one, he's going to beat him in in thirty seconds. Maybe. Um, number you know number one, yes, we we saw what happened in re, in the real world. Brock Lesnar got his butt whooped. 
right. in the real world because he can't even fight there either, number one. And number two, I guess we all got a feeling of what it's like to be his wife, Sable. 90 seconds of disappointment. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag PG show. Let's move on to SmackDown. <laughs> so the show opened with Come on. Brock Lesnar. With you knew show. that was funny. It was very funny. Yes, I think that wasn't funny. Uh, so the show opened with uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. And then we see Tom Phillips and Aiden English and Renee Young, who are out there on commentary. And uh, they explained. And I enjoyed them. That, yeah, they actually did, did a good job. And they explained that they were there replacing Michael Cole and Corey Graves, which is weird. I don't know why they replaced two people with three, but whatever. I just, uh, that's nitpicky. Uh, Lesnar and Heyman came out. Heyman talks, and Heyman's incredible, as he always is. And he says that Brock Lesnar is incredibly angry. And he's not angry because of the results of the match, because he absolutely pummeled Cain Velasquez, which is true. But he's angry, at, and then they show the entire match. He did not pummel him. He didn't pummel him. He got he him in an arm. Minutes. He got him in a in a, a move that he couldn't get out of. That's not pummeling. He didn't. Okay. He, he did not he beat him minutes. up. He did not beat him up. He got him in a lock he couldn't get out of. That's not he beat still, up. He still won in two minutes. It's pretty quick. So Paul Heyman says he's mad because he went to Vince McMahon. If you don't know who that he is, Google him. And he said something else that I won't say on our PG show. And uh, he basically said... Female dog. Yes. He said, Vince McMahon won't let Brock Lesnar wrestle Rey Mysterio because Lesnar's a SmackDown talent, and then Brock is a Raw talent. So no, you know what? what? What did I say? You said Lesnar and Brock. Oh, yeah, my bad. Lesnar's a SmackDown <laughs> talent, and Mysterio is a Raw talent. And then they said, that's fine with us. We quit SmackDown. If What are you going to do? We're coming to Raw anyway. You going to stop us? You're going to sue us because my lawyers invented litigation and then we will sue you right in return. And how are you going to stop the beast? And so they get out and leave. And as they're walking backstage, Heyman kind of stops Brock. He said, actually, let's go this way. And as they turn, you see Ramis, you see Triple H, who looks very confused. And then the camera pans over a little more and you see Shawn Michaels, who looks even more confused. Then we go to commercial. It was something else sweetheart what did you think of this whole thing uh i was just (laughs) like i don't know he's like we're gonna we quit smackdown okay so you quit so how are you gonna go to raw you just quit that's not how it works you can't say we quit now we join raw no you have to be hired for raw that's not how this works yeah so let's say if uh if tom brady's like oh the new england patriots we went two and 14 this season i quit I'm going to go to the Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not how it works. Can't do that. And if again, if they want it to be sports-oriented and they want us to suspend disbelief, got to at least make it a little bit of sense, right? Also, what? I did they hop around so much. It yeah. doesn't matter who's on which show because they're never on their show. They yeah. always hop around. And Rey Mysterio was on SmackDown last week. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. And none of it matters. What, you, what you, do, you do realize that there's no rules for Brock Lesnar, right? He can right. do whatever he wants. Like that, that's how his contract states. You can act however you want and we will pay you. Does that sound good? <laughs> well, the thing is, like, th- that's the opposite of the storyline, though. Like, like Rey Mysterio can do whatever he wants because he was on SmackDown last week, but now Brock can't go to Raw. It, it's, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. The, if the well, wild card rule is supposed to be dead, either let it be dead or say, you know what? In this special case, we'll have Brock on Raw once to set up a match that would be fun well well, this you know after after uh crown jewel and uh the fiend won the title the universal title you know we were kind of talking in our messaging about well what are they gonna do with the titles and then i had mentioned that well they're gonna have to do something that the world title is going to end up going to raw somehow and so this is how they're going to explain it is that Brock has quit SmackDown. He took the title with him. He's going to go join Raw, and he's going to take the title with him over there. Yeah. So, so this is how they tell that story, even though it's stupid, and we both we all agree that the way they're doing it is just dumb. But yeah. there was a couple of things that old Paul Heyman said that was borderline racist. 
You know, he, he talks about he, what the serving him up in a pinata. He said, yeah, he said Hispanic. he's going to serve him up like a pinata. I'm like, dude, come on, man. That's that's pretty racist <laughs> for for Mexican Americans. Number one, and then number yeah. two, he goes, "We invented litigation. Like all the Jews, like all the Jews in the world invented litigation. Like, are you serious right now? Is Paul Heyman a Jew? What are you, what are you even talking about? He said, yes. My people. He said, my people invented litigation. He's Jewish. Okay. <laughs> so, like... That's not what I got from it, but that's fine. Well, look it up, no, my totally fr- Hey, hey, Google it, blankety-blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so we're going to have Bailey and so, Nikki Cross Well, hang on, now. I'm not I'm, done. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I apologize. Jeez, don't be like Kyle. Anyway... <laughs> What did you think about them showing the entire match? I'm sitting there going, I know they're trying to fill time because half the talent's yep. not there. We said the same thing. But mm-hmm. this is stupid. Like, yep. <laughs> We said the exact same thing. Like, we were watching it, and I think I think you told me, Carol, you said they're going to – I said, I guess they're going to show the entire match, and I think you said probably because no one's there. I like said they have to. They need to fill time. I doubt they would have done that. I would hope yeah. that they would just show kind of the ending. Or highlights, but yeah, it's. I thought it was. To me, it was just obvious. It was just like, well, they just need to fill time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking but when of the matches, but when the match is ninety seconds, you know, whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they needed to fill time because basically everyone that went to Crown Jewel got stuck in Saudi Arabia, and A let me portion, tell yeah. you, yeah, the Saudi Arabian pay per views are the biggest paydays in all of wrestling. They've been reported to be bigger than WrestleMania. This is a lot of money. And it has been such a cluster that a lot of the wrestlers, even those that aren't disgruntled with WWE, like Buddy Murphy, who's getting a push right now, and Humberto Creo, both on TV regularly, both new guys, they clearly stated on their Twitter accounts that they will never go back to Saudi Arabia. And the reports are... There's a lot of wrestlers that believe that and say that they will never go back, and they don't have to. When the when they when WWE originally, you know, said that they were going to do this in Saudi Arabia, they said they wouldn't, you know, force anyone to go. Right. So that's why people like Daniel Bryan and and uh, John Cena said he wouldn't go back. Daniel Bryan won't go. Sami Zayn's not allowed to go. We've already touched on this a million times. We're not going to get more into it, but you're not forced to. So now, if a lot of them aren't going to go. Yes, yes. Can well, they have it? I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, is it going to be an all-legends show? You know, you're going to pay Mick Foley <laughs> $5 million to show up and talk and say, right here, in Saudi Arabia, thumbs up. So, basically, we had uh, NXT night on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And it's it was, it was lots of fun. And it made the show so much better. It did. This is one of the best SmackDowns in a long time. It's really, really good. So we open up with Nikki Cross versus Bailey as our first match. We're like 20 minutes into it now. You still had the standard open up and chat for 15, 20 minutes. It's fine. And this match was pretty is good. It, is it fine, though? It's not fine, but, you know, what are you going to do? This match was, was pretty good. It was kind of a repeat of what we saw, what, one, two weeks ago? Mm. We just saw Nikki Cross versus Bailey. We've seen it a lot in, you know, the recent months. But it was it was pretty good. But the match doesn't matter. We can talk about the match if you want to, Chris, if you want to, Carol. But what really matters is what happened after the match. Because Bailey got the win with this weird... I don't even know what her finisher so, is. and It was like a... She got behind and like smashed her face into the mat. I don't really know what it was. And I said out loud, this is the worst finisher I've ever seen. Then I remembered that Bailey did the Bailey to Bailey. So really, this isn't even the worst finisher that Bailey's ever had. I was disappointed that her new finisher wasn't a real vast improvement. I was going to say, for the website that I'm reading, it says it's an arm-hooked headlock driver. Yeah, it so didn't, it didn't honestly, look good. it was it's kind of similar to the uh, what Dean Ambrose did. I mean, but a little bit different. But I think yeah, I, I think like maybe it. I think maybe she was going for that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It just looked kind of sloppy. Well, she needed something new because you can't do the belly to be- belly to belly when you're a heel. You just can't. Yeah, and the, the elbow drop is gets too big of a pop for a bad guy. So, yeah, I get it, I get it. But at the end, 
who was to come out but Shayna Baszler, who basically just destroyed all three of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sasha Banks, who was on the outside, Nikki Cross, and Bailey. And you're taking over two of the three biggest women in the entire company. And Nikki Cross has been getting a little bit of a push. And Shayna Baszler just absolutely mauled them. Now, I know you don't like Shayna Baszler, but I know you like NXT. Chris, what did you think of this? So, yeah, even though I'm not a big Shayna Baszler fan, I yeah. still was I was still cheering it on. I loved it. I thought it was great. She jumps out from the crowd. She pushes uh, Sasha into the ring post. She takes out Bailey, kicks Nikki Cross out of the ring. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. And then she just holds her NXT Women's Championship. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but there was a dude dressed like um, uh, Paul Bearer like yeah. in, the, in the front row. Yeah. And he gave this like epic Paul Bear shocked face. It was like <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. But uh but yeah, I was super excited to see her come out and just beat them all up because you know what? It it sends a message I think to the main roster women that hey, the NXT women are head and shoulders better than everybody. Yeah. So, sweetheart, what did you what did you think of this? I know you not you don't watch NXT a lot. You you're an avid Raw and SmackDown watcher. What did you think of Shanna Baszler coming in and attacking two of SmackDown's biggest stars? I mean, I thought it set uh, the tone for the rest of the show. I had predicted it was setting the tone for the rest of the show, and it did. Mm-hmm. Not to you know spoilers, but it definitely did. It said this is this is what's going to happen, and they're going to come in and take over. Mm-hmm. Um, it set a very hardcore tone. Yeah. Um. So it was very, it was cool. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it too. Um, I like Shayna Baszler a lot. I know you, you're not a big fan of her. She's not one of my favorites, but I do like her quite a bit. Um, and even if she isn't the greatest wrestler, she does have a real superstar aura about her that you, makes you take her seriously. So the fact that she did this to Bailey, who's receiving a huge push, and Sasha, who you know just had this blood feud with Becky Lynch and almost beat Becky Lynch, I thought that was a really big deal. Yeah, it was really good. So we go to break. We come back. Pat McAfee's on commentary. He is in uh, cutoff and jean short shorts that are tight. It was weird. That's fine. Pat McAfee's hilarious. No big deal. <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Kelly's. I love him. I love yeah, Pat he's McAfee. Great. I gotta say, I love him. He is just, he's so energetic. And yeah. he's got, it's like, I don't know if you've ever caught his podcast or not. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, he's really good. I like Pat McAfee a lot. I listened to the episode, and it was titled Triple H is on this show. And so he's interviewing Tom Phillips. And, like, halfway through the show, Triple H, like, comes in and says one line. He keeps walking away. And <laughs> he's like, I love you, Tom, but now I'm going to name this show. Triple H is on this show. <laughs> and so, like, I waited for the rest. I'm like, surely Triple H is going to come back. It never nope. happened. That's marketing. It's finished the show with Tom Phillips. I'm like, all right, it's good, I guess. But I was expecting some Triple H interviews, but whatever. Can I just tell you that I really enjoyed Tom Phillips, Renee Young, and uh, Pat McAfee on commentary? Yeah. Like, I would love to have them on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah I thought I really the three of them were did a really good job. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't think Renee Young's going to be at the commentary desk anymore, though. I really wish she was. What, what was wrong with her? I don't understand why they kicked her out. I don't think it's so much they kicked her out. I think it's more so that they wanted her for the backstage thing, and I think she has to do a lot of work for that. So mm-hmm. I think that's I think it's almost a promotion for her, actually. Okay, well, that's good for her. I mean, of course, but we do miss her on the commentary, I think. Yeah, her and Graves were really good together. So yeah. we come back from commercial. Kathy Kelly is backstage with Sami Zayn. And Sami <laughs> says, oh, I see Shayna Baszler's there, and I've seen some NXT stars here. And I know that they're trying to cause some trouble. And I tell you, they better not pick a fight with the wrong person. Because sometimes, if they stick their noses where it doesn't belong, someone... I, you know what? I'll just say it. I'll just say it. If they come up to me, I'll make sure to put them in their place. And the camera immediately pans to the right. And you see Matt Riddle and Keith Lee there. You know, it's like, oh, guys, hi. Uh, yeah, no, you know, I love NXT. Matter of fact, they used to call me the heart and soul of NXT. And he says, actually, oh, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna show you something. I'm going to show you something. You guys will really like it. And he's got this jacket on. He unzips the jacket. And he, like, flips it open. 
and it's just a regular black shirt. And they're like, this dude, what, what? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I was actually wearing an NXT shirt, but I was eating some salad in the car and I spilled some, you know, I spilled some vinegar on it. So I had to switch. You know, hold on. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the car real quick and I'm going to go, I'm going to go get my shirt and show you guys. And they're like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to, we'll come with it. He's like, oh, you're going to, you don't have to come with me. You don't have to follow me to the, and like, he's walking off and they're following him. I was like, you don't have to follow me to the car. It's just, you're going to, you're going to come with me to the car. So they're following him to the car and he's still ranting. And eventually he just starts booking it. And of course they chase after him. He gets and he comes out towards the ring and he thinks he gets away from them for a split second and turns around and Matt Riddle is just like bolting after him. So he runs straight into the ring. And then Keith Lee, who was a big boy, is following him and pretty much keeping up pace with the two of them. He's a little bit oh, behind, yeah. but uh, they get into the ring. Well, and well, basically plus, Matt Riddle's, plus Matt Riddle's running with those slides on. So that's pretty <laughs> that's impressive right. too. That's right. <laughs> and so they chase him around for a little bit. And eventually he gets in the ring and they surround him. Matt Riddle tries to kick off his flip-flops. Or they weren't even flip-flops. They were the little, like, slide-on things. Slides, yeah. And he he kicked one off, but the other one didn't properly come off like it did, but just kind of fell right in front of him. So, like, he tried to kick it out of the way, and it didn't fall. So he's like, Sami Zayn's talking down Keith Lee. He fell, so he turns around Matt Riddle, he, Matt Riddle, and he's like, bro, and then nothing happens. So he picks up the slide and then, like, you know, pretends to hand it toward Matt Riddle, who grabs it from him and throws it out of the ring. And then uh, Matt Riddle knees him in the face, and hits him with a bro Derek. And then Keith Lee does a middle rope moonsault onto him. Yeah, which he looks really cool. <clears throat> and so Sami Zayn looks like he's about to die. I mean, <laughs> he looks like he has actually broken his ribs. He is selling this like a superstar. Keith Lee's music plays for a bit. They both get up and celebrate. Then Matt Riddle's music plays. And that's it. The sweetheart. What did you think of this? Uh, I love Keith Lee. <laughs> and that's what I thought of this. No. Um, no, I do love Keith Lee. I enjoyed it. He was very happy, I think, with yeah. himself for how this ended. Yeah. So, uh, that nice Keith Lee smirk. Yeah. No. Basking in his own glory. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was very well done, yeah. actually. It's good. And uh, Sami Zayn is someone that everyone beats up anyway, so it's not like he looks any weaker, and the NXT guys look strong. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris? I was basking in his glory myself. <laughs> I uh, I love Keith Lee, and if you listen to the NXT show, I, I was not, I was never real a, a big Matt Riddle fan. In fact, my wife can't stand him, just like Carol. Yeah, but he's growing on me, man. I'm he's telling you. He's getting way better at in-ring wrestling. He's getting better at selling. Um, he doesn't just look like a UFC fighter anymore. He looks like a wrestler now. He's getting there. Right. And so, honestly, like I used to give him a really hard time, but I, I, he's he's. I'm starting to change my tune on him. And bro, everyone loves the good, the original bro, man. <laughs> Ever since, ever since he debutted on NXT, <laughs> it's been pretty awesome, man. <laughs> but uh, but uh, let me tell you, uh, Keith Lee, the way that he can fly with how huge he is. 340. I, I love the fact that he did the moonsault just to show that off, man. It yep. was awesome. Lineman at Texas A&M. Huge man. Uh-huh. Yes. Blows my mind. So... We've come to find out that since Bray Wyatt's not here, The Miz is going to interview the most must-see superstar on the WWE himself. So, which I don't understand. I, I it, uh, But so we, we go to commercial, we come back, The Miz comes in the ring. I love The Miz. He is absolutely terrific. Um, I absolutely. I hate it. Absolutely. Ugh, hashtag cringe. I hated The Miz at first so much. And it's just amazing how over the years he's just gotten so much better. You can tell how hard he's worked and how much he loves the business. And he's just such a good promo and he's a pretty solid wrestler. And uh, yeah, so he comes out and he talks for a minute or two. And then whose music hits to interrupt but Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. He comes to the ring and he says that the Miz is everything that's wrong with Raw or SmackDown and the Miz says, "You know what? That's old hat. I've, people have been telling me that for years, just because I was a reality TV star. 
And you know what? Why don't we just throw down right now? And Tommaso Ciampa says, oh, yeah, it seems like a good idea to me. So we go to commercial. We come back. Ciampa's music is playing for some reason. I hate how the WWE does that. And uh, we have the match. Chris, you want to tell us about the match? So I-, I wasn't sure what to expect from this. I mean, Ciampa is amazing. And, but yeah. but the Miz is but the Miz's style doesn't really go with Champa's style. Um, yeah. However, you know, again, I, I'm with you on this about the Miz. I used to hate the Miz. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't stand. I hated that he got the title push so fast against Cena in WrestleMania 27. I was like, are you kidding me? But I agree with you, man. He's he's really become, um, you know, his own man, his own character. And, and I really enjoy The Miz myself, but Tommaso Ciampa is amazing. Yeah. I am a huge fan, and he really carried this match. I felt he made uh, The Miz look like he just started wrestling. <laughs> the way he wrestles is so – you're almost like – you're concerned for the other wrestler that he's really hurting them. Right. And, uh, but you know, he's, he's going after Goldie cause daddy's home. Sweetheart. Do you agree with what Chris said? Yes. Okay. Would you like to elaborate? No. Okay. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, Chris, I, okay. So this is actually what I talked about at the beginning of the show where I'm like, I feel like we're going to disagree on something. I thought this match was a little less than mediocre. I really did. And I don't think it has anything to do with Tommaso Ciampa. Who's incredible. I don't think it has anything to do with a Miz, who's really good. I just don't think they click. And so I'm sitting here watching this match, and of these two, of this one veteran who's worked his butt off to make it somewhere in the WWE, and this one up-and-comer who's probably the hottest thing in all of NXT, and I just wasn't impressed. There were a couple spots that were just sloppy. There was one spot where Tommaso Ciampa picked up the Miz in a powerbomb, and I feel like he, he didn't have a good grip on him, so he dropped him. And the Miz did a good job saving it by kneeing him in the head and doing his DDT thing. I just, I don't know. I, I just, when you have a solid veteran and one of the best wrestlers in all of all three brands, I was just hoping to have a little more. And I don't, I don't know if, and again, I love the Miz, but I feel like he was a little lacking in this match specifically, which is kind of what you said, because he was going back and forth when, when he was running around the ring, doing all his knees to the face and that kind of stuff, it, it he just seems slow. And I don't know. Like, I know he's doing his Miz and Mrs. thing, and we haven't seen him wrestle in a while. Maybe he's not wrestling, you know, at, in the house show circuit. But I did. I just wasn't very impressed. Well, and, and, and again, I think that was more on the Miz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it was more him. I, I agree with you. There was definitely spots that I was like, eh. But honestly, I kind of chalked that up to the fact that these two guys – have never met each other in the ring. Right. Uh, they probably, I mean, you got to think they probably didn't have much time to prepare for this. Oh, at all. Yeah. So I was definitely giving them more of the, um, you know, reasonable, you know, just, you know, just, uh, they probably didn't have enough time to prepare. So I'm not going to hold that against them with this thrown together match because, again, two totally different styles. So apparently, and this is, again, this is just a report. This report that I read online that the NXT guys arrived in Buffalo, New York, five minutes before SmackDown started. Seven fifty-five, they landed in the airport, and then the, the WWE was somehow able to secure a police escort to get them to the arena. And then when they get to the arena, Shayna Baszler, five minutes before she was supposed to go on the show, was supposed to be on the show, she walked through the door. So basically, she walked through the door, and the guys were like, it's your cue, Shayna. And so she went straight into the ring. So, I mean, I think that explains a lot right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, the but the, the match, again, wasn't terrible. It's just with these two guys, I was expecting a little more. But it's okay. It's fine. Not, not the end of the world, especially considering. What was great is that we see Daniel Bryan walking backstage. Daniel Bryan, who famously will not go to Saudi Arabia for his moral beliefs and won't take that big payday, and he was on SmackDown, and he's walking backstage, and this this segment was so yes. good. <laughs> it was just so good. And then he sees Triple H, and like, oh, what's up, Daniel? What's up, Danny boy? And he's like, 
you know what? We can talk, but I'm just going to be blunt with you. I'm here for a fight. And Triple H gets right in his face and stares at him. Then he kind of backs up. He rubs his hands across his beard, which got a lot of booze because everyone knows what was coming next. And Triple H says, I'm not here for a fight. I don't even have my gear. I'm in a suit. But I know someone who is ready for a fight tonight. And as he's saying that, Shawn Michaels is taking off his jacket and the crowd is going wild. And then Daniel Bryan looks over to Shawn Michaels and Shawn says, ooh, there's a chill in here and puts his jacket right back on and gets a huge <laughs> laugh. Shawn Michaels is so hilarious. Yes. And then you see coming from off camera, Adam Cole, baby! Boom! It was so good. And Triple H says, this guy here is looking for a fight. And Adam Cole just looks awesome. He just has this aura of awesomeness. And arguably the greatest wrestler of all time is staring at arguably the hottest wrestler right now in all of the WWE, except maybe The Fiend. And they're staring at each other, and this is this tension that you know that if this is actually happening, that this match is going to be incredible. And Daniel says, sounds good to me, but let's make it let's make it interesting. Let's make it for that title. And Triple H says, is that okay with you, champ? And Adam Cole says, of course. He stares at Dan O'Brien and says, boom, <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> and I knew this was going to be fun. And let me tell you something. It was real good. We won't get to it in a minute. So, Chris, what would you think? Dude, I'm marked. I totally marked. I did too. I'm not going to lie. I was. We had the sliding glass door open, and if anyone walked by, they were like, what is he yelling about? Because <laughs> I, I was so excited. First of all, I, I, you know, I was like, whenever Shawn Michaels started taking off his jacket, I was like, no. No. <laughs> no, he's not going to do it. And then he did yeah. the line, and I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and, and then whenever they, they said it was going to be Adam Cole, I was so excited because I was, I couldn't wait to see. And honestly, I would love to see these two in a pay-per-view, like just for, for a time, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just, just full out, no holes barred. Yeah. I would love to see that. And honestly, I said this a long, long time ago, probably one of our very first NXT shows, uh, with, uh, me and my beautiful wife, Raquel. Yeah is I I have a very, very high opinion on Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, honestly, I could see him as like a modern day Shawn Michaels with his, yep. his, his style, his, um, his in-ring ability, his mic work. I mean, th- he's a, he's a superstar and I can't wait to see where, where he's going to go. But I was so excited about this match, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. So B dubs, what you think? I loved it. I loved the the jacket thing. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I don't. That's is that is he really gonna do that? And they go, oh, it's cold in here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's good. Oh man, it's so good. It's great. So yeah, we've got our main event set up. So then Mandy Rose to come back from commercial. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Fire and Desire, are standing in the middle of the ring. Carmelo's music hits. There's no Carmella. Where is Carmella? She's not here. And then we go to the backstage area, and Bianca Belair is absolutely destroying Dana Brooke. Absolutely killing her. And Carmella's like, <laughs> I mean, and I don't want to pick on Carmella. I mean, she's she's a good talent, but she's leaning up against the boxes and going, like, pretending like she's hurt. But it just reminded me of like Peter Griffin holding his knee and just going. Ah, for like 60 <laughs> seconds because she was just like, you know, rocking back and forth for the entire time that Bianca Belair was, was beating up Dana Brooke and it just looked really dumb. Or like in a, like in a video game where you bonked something over the head yeah. and sits there sort of rocking and like birds dizzy. twirling yeah. around his head. <laughs> I don't yep, know. I, I, I thought she was just sitting there hung over. Like, I was like, <laughs> is she... Is she going to throw up? What's going on oh, right now? Oh, man. Yeah. So... <laughs> Bianca Belair absolutely destroys Dana Brooke. She picks up Carmella, lifts her above her head, and throws her over the boxes. And uh, then Rhea Ripley music, Rhea Ripley's music hits, and her and Tegan Knox come out. 
And they basically cut a short promo and said that they were going to win. And the match starts. And I think it was Pat McAfee. One of the guys said, man, Fire and Desire have something. They, they really have something to worry about tonight. And B-Dub said... I said, Desire has something to worry about. Fire's going to be fine. Because she loves Sonya to go and hate Mandy Rose. <laughs> and, so, and she was right, actually, because Rhea Ripley and Mandy Rose were in the ring. And Rhea Ripley absolutely, absolutely, absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. Mandy Rose. Killed her. Mandy got basically no offense in. Uh And Sonya Deville and Tegan Knox, I think Sonya Deville kind of got the upper hand. Tegan Knox jumped her. Uh, Sonya Deville basically beat her up for a solid 90 seconds. And then uh, Tegan Knox throws Sonya Deville over the commentary table. And Sonya Deville, she kicked uh, Renee Young in the face by accident. Yeah, she was flying. Yeah. And yep. Tegan says, that's how we do it in NXT. She gets in the ring, does the world's shiniest wizard to Mandy Rose. Rhea Ripley does that. I don't know the name of it. Maybe you do. But it's like the reverse, you know, almost like a reverse hanging crab thing. I don't really know how. It was really cool. And Mandy Rose tapped out after five or six seconds. And they killed him. Mm-hmm. What, honey? Since you since you called the fire and desire thing, why don't you tell us a little bit about it first? Um. Well, at this point, it's like okay, there's a very clear pattern here. Obviously, um, NXT is taking over. Uh, which what we have? What coming up? What's the pay per view coming? Survivor up? Series. Survivor Series, which mm-hmm. has been announced that it's going to be Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Correct. So this is a nice setup. I this is a nice. It's good timing for them. It's fortunate. Yeah. And we talked about this, that that may have been, maybe they planned that they were going to do something like this before Survivor Series, but obviously it kind of had to happen now because they had to do something with this evening. Yeah. Um, I think I I enjoyed it altogether. I've enjoyed the evening so far, but I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, everything's NXT. So if they're really showing up SmackDown and it's, I, I think, I don't know. It's, it's just weird because yeah. it's kind of like, okay, yes, obviously these these NXT wrestlers are wiping the floor with the SmackDowns, obviously, but isn't that kind of weird? It did make SmackDown look a little weak, but to be fair, other than Daniel Bryan in the main event. None of the other SmackDown people were like huge stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bailey and Sasha, yes, but they weren't in an actual match. Um, and Sami Zayn, who was a complete joke anyway, got beat up by two guys. Um, Fire and Desire are just, you know, they job out to everyone, really. So I I get what you're saying. Yeah, like I don't know how to feel. I, I, I'm not saying I have, I just, I'm thinking about the different angles. Of yeah, this. And that's fair. That is fair, but so to so to go back back in what two thousand one when WCW invaded WWF and they won approximately zero matches and they looked dumb and weak. So, and you compare that to when the NWO invaded WCW and they won basically every match. So I, I think I would have liked to see the SmackDown wrestlers get at least a little bit of an upper hand at some points, but I didn't have a huge issue with it. I just because it was the NXT's biggest stars mm-hmm. versus Daniel Bryan and a bunch of SmackDown mid-carders. Yeah. So but. overall, I just enjoyed. I've yeah. enjoyed the whole night so far. I I liked seeing all of the the NXT stars here. I think yeah. it was really cool. What did you What did you think, Chris? So I really liked the fact that they had Bianca Belair jump um, Dana Brooke and Carmella because she she is extremely athletic and extremely strong. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, the fact that she lifted Carmella over her head and threw her over boxes, right. I think, shows just how strong this this woman is. I mean, if you haven't seen Bianca Belair in, in the ring, you need to go watch some NXTs because she she is awesome. And um, she is actually the she's also, in case you didn't know, is the wife of Montez Ford, Montez Ford of the Street Profits. Um, and so that'd be cool to have her on main with him. I think whenever Rhea Ripley's music hit, I'm marked again. I'm not going to lie because mm-hmm. I am a huge Rhea Ripley fan. Yeah. I think she is the next big star of the female division, whether it, no matter what roster you're talking about, 
She's got the look. She's got the physique. She has the attitude. She can be a face. She can be a heel. She can be the, you know, the in-betweener like uh, Becky Lynch is, you know? I mean, yeah. she has the she has everything you need, and she's only like 20 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she's going to be a huge star as long as she keeps her nose clean and does all the right stuff. She was a track and um, field athlete, too. Yeah, I mean, she's... Um, She's the real deal, man. I, yeah. I really believe in her. Uh, I, we, my wife and I love Tegan Knox. We love the fact that they were teamed up uh, and came out together. Uh, you know, whenever I was talking to you guys and Kyle about it, Kyle was like, you know, Tegan Knox came out not with uh, Rhea Ripley instead of Dakota Kai. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because Rhea Ripley is a way bigger star than Dakota Kai is. Huge star. Dakota Kai was there, too. They showed her at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, she was there. But um, and, and to be fair to what you're talking about, Sonya Deville did get the upper hand on Knox a little bit. Now, yeah. Knox did come back, but uh, but she did get a, you know, she did get some uh, some good licks in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Rhea Ripley's finisher hasn't really had a name for a while. Yeah. So Tom Phillips referred to it as the inverted clover leaf. Yeah. So that's probably a good way to put it, at least on the main roster. They'll probably give it some name for NXT, and that's fine. Like the ripcord, because her last name's Ripley yeah. or something like that. So, like, the very first time she did this finisher, I was amazed by yeah. her strength. Because the first time she did it, she just held that woman up by herself. You could tell that um, Mandy Rose was helping her a little bit this time around. But she is so strong. Oh yeah, to be able to pull that move off. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan, so it doesn't really matter anything you say at this point. <laughs> I was excited at this point, and I love the fact that they won. So, well, I'm glad. I, I, I thought they did a great job. So, come back from break. Shawn Michaels' music is playing, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels are shaking hands with people around the ring. They go sit in front of the commentary table. Stephanie's music hits. And she talks about the first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia, which Kyle and I touched on this a little bit. It's a really big deal. Um, and we're, you know, it's, it's a good thing that happened. Even if all the Saudi Arabia stuff isn't great, that is progress. So they actually showed some uh, Saudi Arabian fans, I believe to be Saudi Arabian fans, uh, cutting promos, talking about how historic it was. So it's a good thing. It was a really, really good thing. Uh, yeah, can we talk about this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say, you know, whenever we've talked about Crown Jewel in the past, I, I've been really down on it because of the women aspect and the the fact that they treat women like property. And I gotta say, this was this was a huge deal that Lacey Evans and Natalia were able to fight in front of the Saudi Arabian crowd. And as a a father of a daughter, um, I found this to be kind of motivational. In a way, um, I was I was moved by the footage. Uh, again, I didn't watch Crown Jewel, but I, I've seen a lot of the replays of the women's match and what happened after the women's match. Yeah, and uh, and the and the and the real raw emotions that came out of Lacey Evans and Natalia. Number one, it made me like them even more as human beings. Right. Like not even their not character. I don't whatever about their character. But as people, what they have done and accomplished is could 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 be monumental. Yeah. If you if you think about it, it really and and you know like oh it's a wrestling match yeah but it's two women being taken seriously in in a country that they're treated like property. Right. Yeah. So it was it was a huge deal and you know what a lot of props goes to WWE for making this happen. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. I agree. Yeah. You want to talk? You want to elaborate? Stephanie McMahon really put this over, and you know, as an American, and I think you you even said this as we were watching the show. As an American, it was kind of weird to see that they weren't really in character. I mean, obviously they they got very emotional and had the big hug at the end. This is Lacey Evans, who you know sits around and calls everyone a nasty, but you know what? This is real life, and yeah. it was it was fine. And that's what we talked about is like, yeah, as an American watching it, you're going, oh, well, they're not, they're not in character and that's kind of weird. Like, but the, the impact on the crowd, they had, they showed a few fans, women yeah, who spoke uh, on camera. And so it's like the impact on those women, that's what matters. Right. 
So. So it was great. It's really good. Dana Brown versus Adam Cole. And Kyle does this thing where he says, actually, is it you, Chris? Someone says, I'm not going to tell you about this match because you should go watch it. And let me tell you, I ain't going to tell you about it. This was an absolutely, absolutely incredible match. The match lasted between two commercial breaks, probably 20, 20, maybe 25 minutes. And remember when I said earlier this year about how good Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre is, and I pointed out some other matches, Buddy Murphy, Daniel Bryan, and I said, man, these are the by far the best you know, TV matches I've seen all year. This is it. Yep. This is it. This took the cake. This was basically a takeover match. And they did stuff that you don't see on WWE television. You do see on NXT, but you don't see on Raw and SmackDown. It blows my mind how amazing Daniel Bryan is, especially at his age. I mean, he's still probably the best worker on the roster. By far the best worker. I think the only person that probably is even close to him is AJ between Raw and SmackDown and some of the younger guys. But it just, he's so good. And Adam Cole, who is also one of the best workers in the world right now, and is in his prime, guys, you have to go see it. You have to go see it. It was just so good. You want to talk a little bit about it, Chris? You know, I, I don't even want to try to explain it because I'm I'm going to mess it up. Like, yeah. it was just, it really was amazing. Um, and... I was so glad that they kind of took the handcuffs off of Daniel Bryan and let right. him wrestle. Yep. Like they let him do what he's good at. And, uh, and, and ladies and gentlemen, if you have not watched NXT, this is the kind of quality matches you get. Yeah. You're missing out. I mean, Adam that. Cole is one of the best in the world. And he showed it. To, he showed it on this, on this program and I hope that people take note of this and that they start watching this on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, and, and they can see that this is what you get each week. This is not just a once a month thing or once in a while. Right. This is the quality you get every stinking week. And that's why I love NXT. Yeah. And the only, the only thing that's kind of a bummer is Wednesday night is the night to watch wrestling. There are two shows on Wednesday night. And they're both head and shoulders better than anything you see on any other night of the week. And it's really yeah. disappointing that they come on at the same time because they really have the same target audience. And I tell you, I watch NXT often, but I'm not able to watch it every week because I watch. I have to watch Raw every week because I'm usually the one that's reviewing it. And I have to watch AEW every week because Kyle and I review that. And usually on Friday night, if Carol and I are home, we watch SmackDown together. That's something that we enjoy doing together. And... You know, we don't. I don't always get to watch NXT. I probably watch it every other week, and then I catch highlights. And it's kind of a bummer because I would love to watch it every week, and I hate that they're on the same night. It's it's, it's very disappointing. But I'll, I'll, I'm just telling you guys, if you can go back and watch this match, you need to find a way to do it, sweetheart. What did you What did you think of it? It was fantastic. And what was been What's been interesting about the show, like you said, um, is it was it was more of an NXT show to to make you go I I want to watch more NXT because I'm watching mm-hmm. it and I'm like you know we haven't had a lot of nonsense we've really just had right. a lot of wrestling and yes. stuff happening in action instead of all the nonsense and obviously whatever nonsense they had planned for the evening they couldn't do because they didn't have the people to do it <laughs> so they just said NXT go out there and do stuff yep so it was like it was better. It was. It was better. It was just better. And I want to highlight something on being the elite, talking about NXT and AEW. A lot of the a lot of the AEW guys are very close to Adam Cole. Of course, Adam Cole's girlfriend, Britt Baker, is a huge star in AEW. And Adam Cole was in the Bullet Club and used to be on being the elite. And so they did a Toy Story remake for Halloween. And Kenny Omega was the bad guy. Basically, he's picking on Britt Baker. And he says, be quiet, Britt. Or Adam gets it. And it shows this guy in black trunks with a mask over his face, holding his fingers up like Adam Cole laying on train tracks. And it's just so (laughs) funny. And it makes me so happy that they can still put that stuff in and shout out to their friends that are even, even though they're in the other company. So, you know, it's just, it was really great. 
Yeah. But yeah, basically what happened was, and I'm going to tell you the, I don't want to tell you the end of the match. I don't want to ruin it for you guys. It was so good. Go watch it. Uh, Adam Cole did win. And after that ended, after the match ended, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are clapping. Uh, Adam Cole gets up. Basically, everyone from NXT that was on the show earlier, plus some others, uh, including uh, Swerve Scott, I believe, was there. Uh, yep. Dakota Kai, Leo Rush, mm-hmm. who I'm surprised wasn't on the show because a lot of casual fans would have known who he is. They were there and a couple other people. And uh, Triple H cuts a promo and says, if you want to call us out, even though it, it was a little weird. Let me, let me tell you how this came about, just to kind of give you some context. At the end of Crown Jewel, there was a promo for Survivor Series, and it said we're going to have Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. And so everyone's like, cool, NXT gets to be a part of Survivor Series. Well, Triple H cut a promo and said, if you're going to call us out, we're going to come looking for a fight. No one called anyone out. It was just a promo. And it was also supposed to be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. And the way Triple H was talking is it will be Raw and SmackDown versus NXT. So the promo was a little bit of a miss for me. But you know what? It was so passionate. Triple H is just so good. He basically said NXT fired the first shot. And I was I was okay with it. Um, at the end, he put his arms around Shayna Baszler and, and Adam Cole as the champions. And the best thing about the entire thing is all these NXT people, heels and faces, were celebrating. And Tommaso Ciampa, who was on the opposite side of the ring as Adam Cole, stared at Goldie yep. <laughs> the entire time. He never let his eyes go off that NXT title. <laughs> It was absolutely, absolutely incredible. Now, Chris, absolutely. I'm going to say a lot about this, so sweetheart, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think? I thought it was visually very cool. Yeah, uh, everybody climbing into the ring and Triple H saying, "This, you know, this is a family, and we're we're here all as a unit. We're, yeah. we're together, and we're coming for you." So, that was cool. Nice right. way to end the show. It was. It was good. What do you think, Chris? So there is an aura with NXT. Because they, an aura of family, because they, you know, truly do spend so much time together, whether they be in the um, the training center or traveling and doing house shows. I mean, the these NXT people, they do house shows in these tiny little rinky-dink places, almost like an indie show, you know? Right. I mean, they're doing the things that, they always talk about wrestlers need to do to cut their teeth and they're doing it together with triple H leading them. Right. So there is a family feel and vibe to NXT. Even the, even it doesn't matter if you're a heel or a face, it's, you you know, there's a, a true, a trueness to saying we are NXT. Right. And Triple H gets the fans involved and and everybody feels like they're a part of it. Yeah. And so whenever he says that, it's true. You know, he goes, when you want to build an army, you go, you get your blood, you get your family. Yep. And so, you know, Raw feels every week feels like a it's just thrown together. SmackDown feels like it's thrown together. NXT feels like this is a planned out. Because they're because they love wrestling, yeah. And so uh, NXT got the upper hand on SmackDown. I'm sure on Survivor Series they won't win every match, of course. But right, it was a really nice way to to start the war of the brands. I think if I were to fantasy book SmackDown, uh, I'm sorry. If I were to fantasy book Survivor Series, there'd be ten matches. There would be nine matches, and I don't care what they are. You have three wins for Raw, three wins for SmackDown, and three wins for NXT. And then, in the main event, you'd have a triple threat match with Raw's WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, versus SmackDown's universal champion, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Mm. versus NXT champion, Adam Cole, baby. How amazing. You don't talk about three guys that just are totally different and throwing them in for the final. I would absolutely love it. It would be so good. You know, the only thing that I would not like about that is they would completely waste Adam Cole's talent on Brock Lesnar. 
Yeah. I, I mean, know. you get you get a Brock- new side. Have have Brock Lesnar play just like the grumpy heel, and he immediately rolls out of the ring because Paul Heyman is telling him to. And then you have Bray Wyatt wrestle Adam Cole for ten minutes as Brock Lesnar looks on, and then as the Fiend gets the upper hand on Adam Cole, Brock Lesnar come in and starts slinging around the Fiend who no sells it. It could it could work out really well if it was done properly. It won't be. It Matt, come on. <laughs> It wouldn't. It it's wouldn't a WWE. Properly, Come on. <laughs> but it could. It's so easy. It's so easy to you know. The, the, the only thing that I wish uh, would have happened um, at the end of the show was I really wish Velveteen Dream would have come out. Oh. <laughs> that would have been great. I miss, I miss Velveteen. Would have, would have loved them Purple Dreams. 100%. Purple dreams. 100%. So I'm going to grade first. And I'm looking over everything that happened. And okay. The opening segment... Didn't really make a lot of sense. And I would say, I'll give him the benefit of a doubt and let him follow up on it, but I'm not going to do that for WWE because they never follow up on anything. So that was dumb. The Miz and Tommaso Ciampa, one of the greatest in-ring stars right now versus a real in-ring veteran, was kind of mediocre. But you know what? Tommaso Ciampa had probably been there for about 20 minutes when that started. I There was no point in this show where I was like, man, I'm bored. And I've been saying that a lot lately. Not about SmackDown, but I have been saying that a lot lately. I just, I had so much fun with this show. And I don't even care that the beginning didn't make sense. I don't care that Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox won in two minutes. I don't care that Tommaso Ciampa versus The Miz wasn't as good as it could have been. It had the greatest TV match of this year. And it's November, guys. The greatest TV match of the year. On live TV, I hate that there were two commercials in it. Everything about the show was just fun. I give it a solid A. It's the best SmackDown I've seen this year. Wow. Loved it. Mm-hmm. My sweet Carrie, B-dubs, my BWC. Grade this for me. Okay, so... Uh, I'm, I already said, it's, it's like... And NXT takes over SmackDown and makes it better. Right. Uh, so background, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up. I'm not gonna give this a letter grade. I'm gonna grade this differently. Okay. So I'm gonna back up and tell you a story from I don't know eight or nine years ago when we used to watch Raw. Santino Morello it was on the show, and I just remember a spot that was hilarious. We're watching <laughs> it, and he's talking to somebody, and and then the camera pans back a little, and we see Sheamus standing behind him, and. Uh, Santino sort of turns a little bit and he he says to the other person he's with, it's Seamus. And it's the <laughs> way he said it that made it hilarious. Like even Seamus struggled not to laugh. We still we still make that joke to this day. That was eight years ago. And so we still say, it's Seamus. <laughs> uh, and it, it meant so much to me. So I'm going to give this show five, it's Seamuses. Five, it's Seamuses? <laughs> it, it, it may be out of five. That part's a mystery. It's five, it's Seamuses. <laughs> That's the best grade I've ever heard. <laughs> Chris, go ahead. What do you think? So I'm going to be like you, and I'm not trying to copy you, but <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just going to pretend like the first 15 minutes didn't happen. Okay. We're just going to pretend like I didn't have to endure any any time uh, Brock Lesnar and racist Paul Heyman. We're just going to pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> and we're just going to start at... Triple H and Shawn Michaels watching him leave. That's okay. when the show starts for me. Like you said, with the fact that the NXT people just showed up and they still delivered the high quality matches. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, bro. The SmackDown people could not do that if they were paid more. Nope. Mm. A plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. I enjoyed this show uh, this was the only SmackDown that I wanted to watch after Brock Lesnar left. Yeah. And honestly, I couldn't wait for the next match, bro. I was like, ooh, who's coming out next? Ooh, <laughs> what's going to happen? And I and I swear to God, I marked out three or four times. I mean, and I, and I have not done that on a SmackDown all year. Yeah. So A+, plus, uh, NXT is the real deal. And if it vents... Vince, are you listening? These are your superstars. Mm -hmm. These are the ones you need to be pushing. And let Triple H 
do what he does best. That's the thing. Like, we always say Raw and SmackDown feel thrown together. This literally was thrown together. And, and like you said, SmackDown guys, Raw guys, could not have delivered a show. Nope. Like NXT just did. Right. And they did it with no time. Yep. Not at all. And I think the big difference between NXT and Raw and SmackDown is Raw and SmackDown have a lot of characters. And they have a lot of guys who aren't homegrown wrestlers. Where most of NXT are independent talent who've been wrestling all over the world for a long time. And they're in NXT to build their character, to make themselves more interesting. And then you have the rare few like Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, Roddy Strong, who are there to build the brand. Mm-hmm. And to make NXT seem like a major, like a destination, even though really those guys and other people as well, like Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler and uh, Io Shirai, I love me some Io Shirai, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, these guys could be on Raw or SmackDown tomorrow, and they're going to be just as good or better than any of those guys. But NXT is meant to make you know to make new stars for the WWE. And there are people on that show that, you know, need some kinks worked out. But Raw and SmackDown have a ton of them, man. A ton of them. Half the guys on Raw and SmackDown are, I would say, mediocre wrestlers at best. And some of them are still fun to watch. Like, for example, Braun Strowman. I'm not picking on him. Braun Strowman's not a a wrestler, per se. He's not an Adam Cole. He's not a Daniel Bryan. He's not an AJ Styles. He's he's never going to be that guy. But he is an attraction. He's huge. He's seven feet tall. People love him. And he does a great job for what he is. But he's never going to be that independent wrestler style. Braun Strowman was in NXT a very short amount of time. Because he's his body is ready-made for Raw and SmackDown. So I think that with NXT, it's a wrestling show. And if you put those guys on Raw and SmackDown... All you can really do, especially when you have someone on Raw or SmackDown like The Miz, who's a great character, it's just going to elevate the show and make it that much better. Yeah. So I, I had so much fun. I just want to thank Saudi Arabia for keeping the SmackDown <laughs> talent so that we could have a good SmackDown this week. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar was there because he took his own private plane, by the way. Yeah. And Vin- Vince it was already back, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that they – there was like a – a chartered flight for like 20 of the top uh, SmackDown wrestlers like Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns to get them to Buffalo, and they still didn't make it in time. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Orlando to, thank to you. Buffalo thank like you, Saudi Arabia. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the flight from Orlando to the Buffalo is only like three hours, so I don't know why they weren't there earlier, but you know, whatever. What can you do? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 54 of Wrestle Life Radio. We hope you've enjoyed the show. My name is Matt Sin. I'm here with my good friend, Chris Cumby, and B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. We want to say thank you. We want you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Russell Life Radio and on Twitter at Russell Life Pod. You can follow Chris on Twitter at... At Russell Life Heal. You can follow B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol, on Instagram at... Carol Sin. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Russell Life Matt. Make sure you listen to us on Spotify, Apple, uh... Spotify, iTunes, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to your podcast, tell your friends we are everywhere. Is that okay? It's, it's a little past Halloween, is it? Too I don't spooky? know. I was a little afraid there, Matt. I know. I know. I'm off. I'm often. I'm often spooky. One last time, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate you. We will have many shows for you next week, including a full gear preview. Ah. Everyone have a wonderful day, wonderful night. Thank you again. Shock.